in my experience, I'm seeing a lot of men, conscious men, um, who want to be, who want to em- embrace this, you know, feminine empowerment, rejecting their own masculinity because either they don't feel it's appropriate or women are, are outwardly sort of attacking for that. Um, so remember women, <laughs> that's not what you want. You don't want a man without his, his power. If we, if we go into, okay, what most women want, like the ideal is a man who stands in his power because a man who does not, um, will be difficult for you to respect longer term. And that's essential if you want to have, you know, a, a real connection. So you want them to own that power and you've got to give them space for that. You know, I think women, because we, we sort of um, process a little bit faster usually um, in our brain. And so we're sort of already to the end of the argument before, <laughs> before they're kind of catching up and we can really steamroll. And that, that disempowers, that cuts them off at the knees. Your lifelong passions, dreams, and aspirations, your joys and creative spurs, your femininity, your success, all in one place. This is Girl Skill with your host, Anna Rova. Hello, hello, my beautiful ladies. Um, Thank you for being here with me today. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for following all these episodes and especially the solo episodes from Anna Rova. Thanks for being in touch, leaving reviews, and just creating this amazing community of women around the world. And I wish one day uh, we will all meet up in person. Um, and I know it will happen because I plan to do like female retreats and all of that stuff. But we'll see. With the pregnancy, um, everything is so unpredictable. But welcome to another episode. Uh, on the on Today, we're going to talk about one of my favorite subjects, which is men. Men and relationships. I don't talk a lot about this. Um well, because, as you know, that's that's not the point of, of our success as women, but it's a big part of it. And uh, when I find some, someone that I truly um, admire and trust, because I've been in this area for, for a long time, I bring them on the podcast and we talk about. But before that, quick reminder, if you haven't signed up for the live female success and how it's keeping you stuck, drained and unfulfilled exclusive webinar from me. It's a training of about 75 minutes where I tell you everything you need to know about the lie of female success and how we all are being kind of lied to. And if we follow the path that's been pushed and um, promoted to us um, in this current world of female empowerment, then we're inevitably going to burn out and uh, just stay unfulfilled. So if if something is to change in your life, if you feel like something is not clicking, if you feel like you're going through a transition, go to girlskill.com slash webinar and uh, sign up. Alrighty, let's uh, talk about this episode about the male perspective. So I talked to uh, Domini Drew. She's an expert in transpersonal psychology, sensuality, and spiritual healing. And she has built her career helping single men find love, overcome past trauma and false beliefs, and stand in their power. With 14 years of study and experience in this field, Domini is the go-to source for understanding the male experience. So join us for a transformative conversation about what is really happening in the male brain and, and how understanding and practicing healthy masculinity can change our relationships forever. This episode is especially important today because I feel like men are and the male journey is neglected, not talked about because apparently, you know, men have been in power and in the center of our attention for centuries and centuries. And thus today, it's really not important, which I don't agree with and don't stand by as you if you're following me, you know that all this patriarchy talk and white men in power and rich white men m- might be true. I mean, I don't disregard that 
experience and the history of how, how things were. But I also feel like we use that in order to push some agendas and, and really uh, emasculate men and diminish their importance in their life, in society and in progress. And because we are women who want to create relationships with men, uh, this is just, I find this is destructive. And so, um, by the way, I recommend, I watched a recent documentary called The Red Pill about the men's rights movement. Not going to tell you much about it, but it blew my mind. It's called The Red Pill. So check it out. Uh, also check out the factual feminist, Christina Morrison. I want to bring her on the Morrison, is that right? Bring her on the podcast. Don't know how to contact her yet. Maybe on Twitter, but I'm not on Twitter. So anyways, um, yeah, really, really important discussion about the male journey and what's what's happening. So in Domini's line of work, there are normally three kinds of customers, the perpetually single men, the men who are in a pattern of bad relationships and or men with deeply rooted insecurities about women. For almost every problem that is put in front of Domini, she finds the root of it in her client's past, a bad experience with their mother, a broken heart early in life, a subconscious assumption that they make about all of their potential partners. These ideas grow and spread through a man's mind and can impact all of their relationships. Domini's goal with all of her clients is to get them to a place where they're confident with themselves and the women and with women and embody the idea of healthy masculinity. And through this episode, through Domini's work, she's actually highlighting. And I, I've known this for a long time when I interviewed men in my past, <laughs> that we have no idea how much of an influence we are in men's lives. And we disregard it. And we take this victim mentality a lot of times or victim position where that is not true. And this is what I talk about in our webinar. Then in fact, we have a lot of power. We have a lot of influence. And somehow this power, this influence has been diminished and turned into something that, oh my God, we're, we've been, we've been victimized. And um, uh, what is the word, you know, just kept shut and whatever. And I'm like, what are you talking about? For thousands of years, women have run the world. Yes, perhaps behind the scenes because of the social cult sociocultural structures and beliefs and so on and so on. The women had incredible freaking power and still have. So anyways, let's not get into this. I get really um, fiery about this. Um, but stand till the end because Domini will also recommend to people to follow for guidance as you start your journey to stand in your full power and for books to read, which will make you rethink what you know about love, happiness and men. Enjoy this episode. Girl skill. Female success redefined. So today I'm talking to Domini Drew about my favorite subject. Well, one of my favorite subjects in the world, men. Hi, Domini. Welcome to Girl Skill. Hi, Anna. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> You're welcome. It's, it's a funny story how we actually, uh, well, we didn't meet, but I guess we met virtually and how I contacted yeah. you. But I'll, I'll tell, and that was through Sam Oven's work, which I'll tell my listeners in the beginning of the show. Uh, so let's not waste time on that. Let's get straight into the interview. So I have a couple of uh, quick, short and sweet questions for you before we get into the meat of the interview. All right. So don't right. tell you, what is your superpower? My superpower. Oh, I love that question. That's so good. Um, do you know what my superpower is? I have the ability to, uh, to see people um, with incredible clarity. And I don't really know. Like I, even when I was a kid, I remember doing that. Um, although I had a lot more, you know, going on that a lot of us sort of have, you know, psychologically basically sort of kid stuff. But I always remember um, 
I would just sort of say something to a person and it's like they would, they would see themselves differently. So I both see people and I, I'm able to help people see themselves. So I'll, you know, ask a certain question and it's not like a strategized question. It's just a question I'm curious about as they're talking about whatever issue they are. Um, and, and they'll, and they'll look at me like, Oh, I've never thought about that before. (laughs) And it, it happens absolutely, um, unintentionally. Like it's just, it's totally organic and authentic. And I, I think I've done it my whole life. I don't know. I wasn't seeing, uh, objectively for most of my life. Um, I've done a lot of, a lot of personal development work and my life has changed quite a bit, uh, from that. But, um, but here's an actually a really good example. So I lived in Boston for a year at one point and I was taking a bus from Boston down to New York and I was a little bit tired and I kind of just wanted to read my book. Um, there was this lovely young Indian woman sitting next to me and we had a few minutes of chit chat in the beginning and she said she was a doctor and she was, I don't know, 37 or something. She was lovely. And she asked me a little bit about what I do. And I was doing not quite the business I am now, but the same work. And I was working with, uh, sexuality. Um, and of course we can go into that more, but really it's, it's sort of the, the underlying beliefs that lead to these issues as opposed to sort of fixing them, fixing the symptoms. And so I mentioned to her, I said, Oh, you know, she goes, what do you do? And I said, Oh, I, you know, I help people sort of figure out where their life is going. And, you know, I didn't have my, my marketing wasn't great at the time, but I remember saying that phrase where my life is going. And she looks at me like I had just hit her in the face. (laughs) And I was really just like a little inconvenienced. Like, can I just, you know, read my book if you'll excuse me. And she, I just happened to say these words. She looks at me and then she spent, she goes, she goes, where my life is going. <laughs> like it had never occurred to her. And it was extraordinary. And then I sort of went, yeah, I sort of left, thought it was kind of cute. And then I went back to my book. And throughout that trip to New York, she kept muttering to herself, like probably three or four times, she said, Where my life is going. Like it had never occurred to her. And I'm so curious. I wish we'd stay in touch because I'm so curious to know where her life went from that point. Because I thought to myself, how can you be a beautiful 37 year old doctor? You know, residency, <laughs> how many years does that take? Mm. And, and yet she'd never had the thought. Mm. Interesting. Well, that's an amazing superpower. Perhaps throughout <laughs> this interview, I hope we're going to have at least one or a couple of moments like that. <laughs> you know, yes. I'm like, wow. Mm. Oh, wow. All right. Awesome. <laughs> uh, let's move on. If you had a tattoo, where and what would it be? <sighs> well... I don't, but I'm considering one. Um, I don't exactly know what it would be. I, I would like it to have it kind of on my on my hip, on my right hip, is where I've sort of um, always seen it uh, in my head happening. Um, and I don't know something maybe curvy that represents you know life and spirituality and uh, sensuality or seduction, something like that. I love the crossover of those those three worlds: the sort of darkness, intimacy, seduction, and then the healing work. Um, and then the, the success side, you know, so I love the sort of combination of all, all three of those things. So be something kind of curvy, maybe. Love it. (laughs) Who is, uh, one person dead or alive that you'd love to have dinner with? Let's see. Um, that's a really good question. I think Michelle Obama might be high on that list. <laughs> Why? <laughs> um, I think she would just be fascinating to, to speak to. Oh, I'll actually, you know what? I think I may have to take that back. There's a, a person named uh, Wilhelm Reich who wrote a lot of the work that my, my work is based on. Uh, he was a student of Freud's. And he just came up with some really incredible 
Um, he, he this machine that measured organ energy that he thought was related to like orgasm and also life force. I mean, it was like really quite fascinating for whatever we were in the 30s in Austria or the 50s in Austria. Um, and, and so I think I would really like to, to have dinner with him and be like, so what happened? Like, tell me, <laughs> tell me, tell me about your work. I'm fascinated. <laughs> wow. I've never heard of him actually. So that would no, be... he, he had some pretty uh, racy, uh, or some, um, sort of paradigm changing, uh, mm -hmm. re, uh, discoveries. And he was actually discredited after that. Oh, okay. happened. So it's an interesting story because the discreditation is, a. Uh, hmm. Uh, timely if you <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> yeah yeah all right cool uh what is your biggest fear my biggest fear uh it's interesting I just I just came up with this uh, a few months ago and wrote it down on my phone uh, my biggest fear is being afraid of life mm. in what sense um, when you're sort of afraid to move and anywhere you go, you're, you know, just sort of paralyzed by fear. Mm. Um, I think I, I spent a lot of my, the younger part of my life like that. Um, and it's interesting. It wasn't even the fear that was the worst part, excuse me. It was the trapped sensation of, I can't go anywhere or do anything because I'm afraid. Um, and something might get me and I couldn't move. Mm -hmm. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Next to last question is, um, what is your astrological sign and how are you using it in your daily life? <laughs> so that's actually a great question for me. Um, my, so technically my Zodiac sign is Ophiuchus, um, which is the, the, the 13th Zodiac sign. Um, so I'm, I'm not super into astrology. I don't know a huge amount about it, but, um, you know, the, it's based on the 12 constellations, the Zodiac's based on the 12 constellations across the sun's ecliptic, right? Mm -hmm. Well, it was formed a couple thousand years ago and stars move. So now, like the last, you know, whatever, a couple hundred years or hundred years, there are actually 13 constellations that cross what? the sun's ecliptic. Yeah. This is the first yeah. time I hear about it. I'm like, yeah, I'm actually mentioned to a number of, yeah. And like, this is astronomy. Like, 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 I think it's, I think it's very, you know, I think i I have no problem thinking that there could be significance in the position of the stars when you were born, but like, let's get the actual position, right? Not like where, where they were a long time ago. And so I happened to be born on the, the 13th Zodiac sign, which is called Ophiuchus. Uh, he's a snake charmer. That's what the constellation is. Whoa. Okay. Well, I, but, it's kind of interesting. <laughs> okay. So that's like a more alternative version, I suppose. But if we go back to the 12 signs, where would you fall? Or you don't even like, um, well, I, I'm, I'm a Sagittarius in the, in the 12. Uh -huh. Um, but as far as like where the stars, yeah, actually were when I was actually born, um, it's, it's on this side. It's, it's, uh, it's the opposite. It's actually more scientific. I don't know why people are still using 12. I keep asking people and I, I keep not getting answers. It's quite interesting. <laughs> wow, that's really interesting. Okay. Yeah. So this is like the 13. Okay. Well, I, I have no idea. What I have no idea either. I wish I did. I keep looking for it. I'm like, hey, somebody tell me about my sign. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess we'll, we'll uh, gracefully move on from this question since we have nothing else to say about this. And the last question of this segment. <laughs> Domini is uh, on a scale of one to 10. How excited are you about life right now and why? Oh my God. I'm like uh, nine, I would say about life right now. Um, and I've probably honestly been at a 10 for most of the last year. I'm just, I've just mm -hmm. gone through a very, 
large push with the business. And so I'm feeling really Mm -hmm. tired. So I think that's bringing me down a bit, but, (laughs) or I'm needing to just kind of contract, follow that natural flow to contract. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and yeah, it's, it's, things are uh, really happening like a, like a dream right now. It's pretty incredible. So I'm very excited yeah, about life. And, and that's why we actually met because, um, you know, you are featured in Sam Owens uh, consulting.com for those, for those of you who don't know and are considering being consultants in any kind of area, you should definitely check Sam Owens. Uh, my husband is full on into it. And that's how Domini and I have actually, well, I contacted her because Domini mm-hmm. is one of the success stories in Sam's course where really, and you know, you've been, you have been an inspiration for me because I'm just at the point where I'm starting my coaching business um, and working with women and all of that. And then you've, <laughs> it's, it's amazing how you talk about this, that you've tried and tried and tried. And finally, after how many strategy calls or like sales calls you've done, like 300 oh plus or something? I mean, I've done 300 now, but I was, I was probably a hundred before I was closing <laughs> more, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we, we're not here to talk about that, but uh, just for, for, for everyone, I mean, you, you have an incredible case of, you know, uh, like taking it all and, and really deciding what you want, what your business is going to be going for it and just going through all the challenges and finally getting it. And, and you've been making um, quite a five figure um, monthly income. Um, mm-hmm. every, every month, I think starting a couple of months ago. So congratulations on that. Thank um, you very much. Yeah, that's very inspiring. And, uh, so, but, but we're not here to talk about this today. We're here to talk about men and relationships <laughs> and all that stuff. All right. So Domini, tell us, um, you know, who you are, what you do, and uh, what are you working on currently now? Sure. So. Um, I run a business called that I just called Domini Drew Coaching. And what I do is I help single men attract life partners through personal and relationship coaching. So what that means is it's not sort of, you know, tips and tricks of things to say or pick up artist stuff or anything like that. What this is, is, a uh, is spiritual work. It's personal development work. Um, so really what we're working on is, is helping men see how they're holding themselves back from what they want. And then, but you know, that for, so that's of course a, a, a more wide, um, statement, right. And so I really needed to narrow it down to a small demographic for marketing. And so that's why I decided to work specifically with single men attracting life partners. Um, but what the real, but that's just sort of the result that they're going for really, we're just teaching, you know, personal development work, human potential. Mm-hmm. Unlocking awesome. human potential. Yeah. And Drew, tell me, um, Domini, I'm like Drew Domini. It's like two, <laughs> like two, fir- two first names together. It's true. I'm sorry. I get that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> like Drew, Drew Domini, Drew, Drew, okay, Domini. <laughs> uh, tell me, do you consider yourself successful and why? You know, I've really only started to feel successful in the last year um, and maybe even less, maybe in about six months or so. Actually, boy, it sounds short when I say it. Um, you know, partially because uh, that's been because I've, I've started making money. I've started getting more successful. I'm finally getting, um, my stuff together, you know? Um, but really more than that, it's actually been the sort of creation of this format for my life purpose to express itself. So I'm seeing what I know, I've, what I know that I've always wanted to do, what I feel called to do actually manifest in the world. Like I'm seeing it be created. 
Um, and then from there, you know, the finances started to come and I was just like, this is, you know, uh, this is just everything that I've, I've ever wanted in this area of my life. I, I want to teach. I've wanted to teach since I was, you know, I can't remember how long. Um, it's just always what I've been called to do. And I've done it in many areas of my life. Whenever I find a new interest, I, if I'm really into it, I will get certified to teach it just about right away. <laughs> and, I'll, and I'll go out and teach it. I've done that with like <laughs> countless other things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and my clear goal for success with this business is really, I want to be able to make as much money as I want doing what I love. So that has become my definition of success. Which is a definition for like majority of people, I suppose. <laughs> I think so. You know, some people sort of uh, associate it with money and then they criticize people who associate the word success with money. And I went, so for me, it's make as much money as I want doing what I love. Like that is that sweet spot. Hmm. Awesome. Love it. And uh, Domini, what is your definition of femininity? You know, that's a really difficult one to put into words for me. Um, I, I'm very aware of sort of masculine and feminine trends in my life. Um, periods of time where I will be more masculine, um, more, uh, more uh, assertive, more yang, more great, let's expand the business, let's go look for things, da, 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 da. And then sometimes it's more sort of yin where like now where I, I just went through this big expansion and now I'm like coming in, I'm integrating what's happened and I'm, you know, I'm reconnecting with myself and letting myself, you know, really enjoying the contraction, right? Because life is that expansion, stasis, contraction, stasis. And so to see that in, in your lives, whether on a large scale or a small scale um, can really help. You know, if you wake up feeling tired, you, a lot of people just sort of criticize themselves, but it's possible that you just need to contract, like you need to stop for a minute. And, and we just don't like to do that in our lives. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> we just generally won't listen to our bodies on that one, but it's always very clear. And I have to say a lot of my life straightened out when I straightened out my relationship with my body and really tuned in and was able to listen to it. That's where I get a lot of my guidance. Mm. So what is femininity for you? <laughs> Right. Sorry. <laughs> I'm like, you have, I understand what you're saying, but like, uh, yeah. you haven't answered my question. <laughs> yeah. So I guess the, the sort of more feminine, the sort of like allowing, um, periods that come through my life. That's what I, I think that's what I associate with femininity. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's sort of the, the more sort of traditional, like certain male qualities versus certain female qualities. But I really find that it's the way you do those qualities that is really more masculine or feminine. So people may say, okay, strength, maybe or physical strength, maybe more of a, a masculine thing. And then femininity has its own, its own strength, right? A different kind of strength. Um, and has more perhaps, you know, gentleness or sensitivity or receptiveness, you know, which is an incredibly important part of life if you're, otherwise you're just on output all the time. Um, so I think, I think, yeah, re- receiving through life, being open, listening, uh, empathizing with my clients. I think that's where I really, I stand, I stand in my femininity the best. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. So then I wanted to ask you, what is masculinity then? But um, I see that you, so you don't, um, it was really interesting, you know, because I've, um, you know, because I, I told you before, I've also, well, I haven't worked with men, but I've interviewed more than 40 men and mm-hmm. like this, this, this understanding of the masculine journey. And when I say masculine is like men, um, mm-hmm. And I've, I'm a big fan of David Data and through my courses and, you know, the work that I do with women, I'm a big fan of David Data. And for me personally, there is a very clear difference um, for the feminine essence and the, the, the masculine essence. And I thought 
it was really interesting how you work with men and you help them, um, you know, go through these self-sabotaging beliefs and teach them, you know, how to get out of their own way to attract a life partner and all of that. And I, by, by default, I assumed, oh, you know, she must be teaching men or, you know, helping men understand their masculinity and what it is to be a man. And then mm-hmm. I, and, and by, by all means, you probably do that. But I found it was really interesting how, and I, and I watched your Facebook live and for all the listeners, I highly recommend that you actually follow Domini on Facebook because she does this like amazing Facebook lives where she shares her, views, opinions, and listeners can call in and there's a conversation going on if you're interested in the subject. But I found it very interesting that you actually don't have this clear definition and your work is mostly, or so it seemed to me, is like more of an individual uh, perspective and doing the inner work. And you don't necessarily focus on the masculine traits or, you know, your, your one of your Facebook lives was what it is to be a real man and how you do talk about, you know, how all of this is generational based and things are changing. And it, it seems like your work is fundamentally about, and you could be as well, and correct me if I'm wrong, you could be as well working with women, applying all the same principles because the principles you're teaching men and working with men, you've applied to yourself. So right. I thought it was it was really interesting how you do this kind of work because I I went in a different direction where I work with women teaching about femininity and embracing their femininity and what it means to be a woman, you know, Mm -hmm. and you're taking more of a mm, personal growth approach, which is all personal growth. But I thought it was so fascinating that you actually teach men to embrace their feminine side and their masculine side and what it is and what are the self-sabotaging beliefs and let's go in the past and all of that. So... Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd love to hear your uh, thoughts on that. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you're, it's interesting that, that you brought that to my attention that I was sort of uh, reluctant to kind of define one way or the other. And, you know, I, I do tend to do that in my speech. And the reason is because I try and be careful to, uh, to only speak what's true. Mm-hmm. And I try to avoid duality. Mm. Okay. So what is masculinity? What is femininity? I mean, I can give you a bunch of words that you already know because humans have decided what these two things are, but those are human constructs that are ultimately meaningless because of masculinity and femininity are two sides of the same coin. So what happens is we tend to, we tend to want to divide, okay. And, and compartmentalize and put things in boxes because it makes us feel more comfortable. And that's an evolutionarily, even an evolutionary thing. Our, our brain is just better, happier doing that. Um, but with areas like that, it's like, okay, we just want to define, okay, strength, that's a male characteristic. It's like, well, it's not quite that simple. It, it may feel better to make it that simple, but it's not really truth. It's one piece of a more complex story. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, that that makes sense. And what I, for example, you know, when I teach women about femininity, I teach them that, well, we, we have this discussion that femininity has been perceived as weakness, where in fact, it's absolutely right. not true. As you said, of course. Mm-hmm. it's the side of, is two different sides of the same coin. So what I teach is actually femininity is strength, but it's a different kind of strength. Sure. Um, so, and there so, are lots more different kinds of strength. I mean, there's, you yeah. know, it's, it's, being able to appreciate the entire, the entire story, I think, I think is important. Otherwise, especially with genders, I don't know if you've found this, but I would love to hear your, your opinion on it. Um, but people love to point fingers. I mean, everyone does, but if genders, it's just, it's so ripe for it. You know, Ugh, men, they need, people even do it when I tell them what I do. Like, I'll be like, oh, I help single men attract life partners through personal relation coaching. And they'll be like, oh, I bet they need it. 
you know, or so, just some sort of thing that they're sort of like, you know, like with their elbow, like, oh, I bet you, you know, you're doing God's work there or something like that. And I'm like, yeah. why do you say that? Mm. Like, what makes you what? And I'll just I'll just sort of stop and just sort of, again, reflect back. I'm just like, that's interesting. What makes you what makes you say that? Do you think women don't need help? Like, why? <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, I, I definitely agree. And in the beginning of the, the, the interview, I, I said that, you know, we might get into sort of a discussion or a debate or, sure. um, it, you know, I definitely agree that this is this is a great area, you know, like this discussion, the whole discussion about gender as a social contra- construct um, is definitely true. And, and, you know, like I've been Oh man, like, <laughs> I, I don't know. I started the discussion, I closed and I said, you know what? I'm never going to talk about this again, about the whole mm. gender spectrum and um, everything that's happening with like gender fluidity and all of that stuff. And, and you know, it, like every coach is different and every, every perspective is different. I was definitely shaped by, um, you know, being, being raised in a post-Soviet post-communist republic, you know, where, where it's like, I mean, still where I come from, gay people are not accepted and and and, and then even looked down upon. And so... Um, even here, they've know, only been for, what has it been, five years? Yeah, some, some, something like that. So I, pre- I while I appreciate, and, you know, I've been thinking really a lot about that subject because from one point, you know, in my personal life, and then in the work that I do with women, and I have many conversations about this, I've seen the polarity concept, you know, masculinity, femininity, how they attract each other, um, and where a lot of relationships are disbalanced or neutral, because there's no polarity in it. Um, And I've seen it work in my life, and I feel it with my husband every day, and how we met, and through dating, and the women I work with, right? And I'm like, well, this is true for me. And I can see working in the world and the women who go through my programs, they apply these principles. They're like, oh my God, you know, it's like, I've never allowed myself to be, to surrender, you know, to mm. be in the flow, to mm. let my man be a man. And, and of yes. course, like, what oh is, my gosh, that's what so is important. Yes. Yeah, yeah. What is a man again? It's, it's just a social construct. If you really, it's, as you said, it's all in our minds, but mm-hmm. I can't help. And you know, the, the work you do. So I <laughs> sat down, I thought about this and I'm curious what you have to say. I kind of developed kind of a theory. Maybe it's not mine, whatever. I don't even know. It's like, (laughs) you know, first level is we are all human. And and, because I've been really struggling because, you know, the the core masculine essence trait are are the the, the achievement, right? Like progress, like David Davis said, live on the edge, find your purpose, blah, blah. And then a lot of women are are kind of stri- striving for that, like they they they, they yeah. want to find their purpose and all of that. So does that mean that you know if we are predominantly feminine, we don't have a purpose and all of that? So I've kind of come to this theory of first and foremost, we're all human. It means that you know we want to self actualize, no matter what, whether you're a man or a woman. You mm-hmm. have certain like it's probably closer to the work that you do. All men and women, we all have self-sabotaging beliefs. Sure, limited oh beliefs come from our childhood, subconscious, blah, blah. But then, de- depending on our sex, <laughs> and again, this is a great area for women who identify with fem- feminine essence, as, as I do and a lot of women I work with, and for men who identify with their masculine essence, that becomes kind of like a navigation Um or some sort of a compass on how to deal with the other sex, how to deal with attraction, how to deal with life, how to deal with the other energy, and then embracing your own predominant energy. Uh, so that's kind of my theory and how my work is because without it, like I can't see, I mean, I see the difference 
a lot in daily life. You know, I, I watch couples and I watch women who work, you know, who attract money and, and, and money is masculine energy. And then, you know, if you work with money from predominantly feminine energy in the sense that you surrender, you let it flow, you are in abundance. And so do, do you know what I'm saying? Like, does that make sense? I'm curious what you have to say here. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't think I, I would be on board with money being a masculine energy. Um, mm-hmm. I think, uh, I, again, we sort of, it, it may seem that way because men maybe strive for it more or have historically striven for it more um, in the past. But again, that's that sort of uh, achieving, right? Desire to, mm-hmm. to, to conquer, to kill, to provide, um, which of course is evolutionarily accurate, right? So... Uh, I don't know if you've gone this far back in my in my uh, Facebook yeah, yeah. lives. Well, or my I'm reading a lot of yet. books on this subject as well. So I know yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went I went back and I, I basically was just like you know I, I remember learning in uh, in school. So so you know humans have been around for for millions of years, um, but we've only been living the way that we're living now for a couple thousand, even mm-hmm. roughly. Mm-hmm. I mean, we could even go find ten or fifty thousand, but nothing changes like evolutionarily in, you know, 10,000 years, right? It's extraordinarily slow. It takes millions of years. So we're sort of the same package that's been developing for a hunter-gatherer community, but we're living in this modern world that doesn't accept a lot of those things, right? So so men, you know, would sort of just like mate with the women they wanted to, I assume. And now they're, you know, every cell in their body still wants to do that. But now our society says, you can't do that anymore. Like you have to ask, you have to talk to her. Like we've, we've agreed as a group that we don't want to do that anymore. But I just think it's really worth acknowledging that disconnect that I think a lot of us feel. And I think in the, personally, I think that in the dating world that affects men a bit more. Um, because they're, they're on the hunt, they're on the prowl, uh, but they're, they're not really able to do what their body's really telling them to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, I've been listening to this book, The Sapiens, um, and, you know, the, the second book, The Homo Deus, um, which, which exactly talks about all these different things. And so that, that's why I was a bit confused, not confused, I guess, but really curious about your work is, you know, because when I, I myself, and when I talk to a lot of women, women want a provider, a protectors, mm-hmm. a man who they can trust. And I was one of those women who would say, oh my God, there are no good men out there, which I was, mm-hmm. it, the work has to be done inside of me. That's mm-hmm. what I teach women to do. Um, but, you know, we want a man in our life who we can mm-hmm. rely on, who's confident, who can, you know, like I am, well, this might be a bomb for you, don't dominate, but I'm right now 11 weeks pregnant. Oh, um, congratulations. Thank you. I didn't mention in the beginning, whatever, I'm going through morning sickness, but it was oh. so interesting how, and you know, I've, I started doing this work way beforehand, but right now at this moment, this is it. This is the culmination of the polarity and of the feminine masculine where it's like, I'm freaking pregnant. I can't work. And yeah. he, yeah. and I'm hashtag blessed, grateful, whatever. Um, I don't believe in luck because I have done a lot of work with myself. And, you know, I am with a man who I don't have to worry about being provided for, being mm-hmm. cared for, like, you know, going to work and worrying about money. Um, and so I was, I was just thinking, since you work with men and, and you know what women are attracted to inherently in a man, I was just thinking, oh, you must be teaching men about this. And so I was, I was curious about... Ah, uh, uh, I see. Yeah. How does I that see. play in, in, your, in your work with men? Well, 
the way that plays is I don't go from the women's perspective. Mm, okay. okay. I, I don't have a fundamental belief that we, all women are inherently attracted to one kind of man. I actually don't think that's the case. It mm-hmm. may be if, if all issues are cleared, that might be the case, but a lot of women, you know, you know, let's say we have this confident, um, you know, strapping successful young man. There's a lot of women that'll scare the shit out of. Oh, excuse mm-hmm. me. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to swear. <laughs> no, you can swear as much as you like. That's okay. That's where I swear it. I swear a lot in my room. I was watching it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I get into it and then I start swearing. Um, so, so that's terrifying mm-hmm. to a lot of women. To and and you know a, a really confident, you know, large-breasted, successful, like out there woman might scare the hell out of a lot of men. Or it's possible that's what they really want, but they don't think they deserve it, so they won't be authentically attracted to it. So there is no sort of inherent, this is what women want. Mm-hmm. There might be trends, but again, you have to watch sort of going into that duality of like, well, a lot of women seek this, but what is it that you want? Because what you want is particular. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, interesting. So this is where our work differs and that's absolutely fine. Um, and, you know, I work with the duality and I guess... Well, I don't know. It just happened that way, you know, Uh, but it's it's really interesting. So you really go from an individual perspective. And as I mentioned in the beginning, would you say that your work could also be applied to women, like the fundamental principle of limiting beliefs? Okay. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I I could do this exact same progress. I could could change my ads and target women with the exact same result. Okay. All right. So, so Domini, let's talk a little bit about how did you get into this kind of work? Um, you know, because you mentioned that you have been 15 years in the, in the personal growth world and you probably have a bunch of certifications and healing and I know energy work. And, and I, and I bet there is a story there. There is, I bet there is a down moment, you know, every, I feel like every kind of coach or, or a teacher has this moment, which obviously, you know, you've gone through this shit. You've been, you've been in the, you know, in that point where it's like, all right, if I'm not going to do anything about this, then my life is going to go to hell. Um, so I'm curious if you had that moment and what propelled you into this kind of work and what was this work about? Yeah, that's interesting that you've seen a trend with that with coaches. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm curious about that because I, I'm no different. That's exactly what happened with mm-hmm. me. Um, I, I started exploring uh, awakening type of activities when I was quite young, when I was about 14. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had sort of an awakening experience at 14. Um, and when I, I, I also struggled with depression a lot as a teenager. I, I hated my body. I struggled a lot with my relationship with food, um, a lot of insecurities, um, you know, the, the, the things that I'm, uh, unfortunately, a lot of us, especially women tend to struggle with um, every day. And so um, I had this, I, it ended up culminating in this massive breakdown when I was 19. Um, and I went to uh, a place called Seven Oaks, um, which is in Madison, Virginia, which is near where I grew up. Oh my God. And you know what? I'm sorry to interrupt. I was a high school. No, it's fine. I was a high school exchange student in Madison, Virginia. I lived there for a year. You were not. I was. I went to Madison High School <laughs> for a year. What? Yeah, First of all, crazy. why? But we'll come back to that. Secondly, how many years were you there? I was there. Okay, so it was a it was a high school exchange program, which I'm sure you know about. I was there yeah. 2006, 2007. I was a senior in high school. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's wild. I yeah, know it's I crazy because it's such a small town. Twenty minutes from here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. It's <laughs> right. wild. It's pretty great. so there's a place there um called seven oaks which is which does this work called called path work 
And my life took a severe change in direction uh, from that weekend. I I was like, yep, this is for me. I want to do this. <laughs> it, it helped me through a huge amount of what I was going through just in one, just a couple of hours. And was, I was it like, like a uh, seminar or a program you went to? It was, a, it was a workshop. Yeah, like a weekend workshop. And you were still a teenager or in your 20s? Yeah. Okay. No, I was 19. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think it was May of 19. So right, so not too far from now. It's probably Memorial Day, I imagine. Okay. Um, and it's, it's just, it's really embodied and incredibly transformative work. You just move through this shit that you've been carrying around that you didn't even know was optional for your entire life. I I'm in the process of, I've just, I've just hired on my first employee, which is very exciting. And so she's been here uh, training with me for a few weeks and she has struggled a lot with anxiety. I mean, just like fear in her life Can walk into stores. I mean, really quite difficult, but not like you would never have noticed, you know, it's just all the stuff going on inside and just spending, we didn't even plan on, on processing, which is what I call it. Um, while she was here really, but just being around me and me do doing the kinds of things I do with that girl on the bus, just kind of without meaning to, she ends up, you know, going through a huge amount of this fear and letting it go as she worked with me. And she, she would, I mean, she would have trouble breathing. She would have panic attacks. And so in just in the two weeks that she's been here and she's only been gone for probably one week, um, her whole relationship with her anxiety has changed. Like I, she woke up one day and she said, I didn't know that there was a life outside of this. I just thought this was how life is. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, God, of course you do, you know, because nobody's ever shown you otherwise because I mean, just no one had. And so she, and so she just experienced this massive transformation. She's breathing. She's like inhabiting her body. She's, she's not feeling anxiety. I mean, she probably feels a third of what she felt before. And that's from, you know, three weeks of, of really working with me. So it's really, it's, it's incredibly transformative work. And I experienced that that weekend, uh, at, at seven Oaks. Mm -hmm. And what happened since then? Like, how did you get to do all of this for 15 years? And what were you doing? Were you coaching all the time or teaching or? I was studying the work. I was doing it myself and I was doing some, uh, coaching during that time. Um, basically, but for the first few years, I was really just learning. I was learning. I would, I soaked it up like a sponge. Um, I went to that one workshop. I signed up for their four-year school, <laughs> five-year school the next, uh, like, you know, probably the next day. And really I, I stayed there. I was there in an intensive program for four years. And then I found another school, energy healing school, uh, in Austria. And I traveled there and I studied there for four years. Um, and I learned that that went even deeper, even deeper than, than the psyche and the body in, into the energy and, um, and more of the sort of spiritual, but very in a grounded way. It was called the Barbara Brennan School of Healing. Mm. And, uh, and it's one of the best, I think, teaching platforms in the planet, um, personally. And so I, I spent four years there and I was just transformed. I mean, all the, my insecurities, um, the woman I was just telling you about who I've just hired, she, she has she, all these little inner voices, you know, the sort of judgment and, and things that you hear in your head. And she calls them the ladies. She goes, my ladies are just, are just very loud today. The ladies are loud today. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and uh, I remember telling her at some point, she said, you know, and of course they're there all the time. And they used to be for me too. Mm. And I said to her, I said, you know, it's going to be worth it, you know, going through this work or whatever. And she goes, oh yeah, how come? And I said, my ladies are gone. Mm. They absolutely are not there anymore. It is for the most part 
silent in my head unless I am like actively thinking about something. And mm-hmm. it did not used to be that way. There were voices all the time running in my head. You know, I'm not, I'm not good enough. That guy will never like me. Um, I, I'm actually a great example of the type of woman who is not attracted to really attractive men. Um, mm-hmm. I was very intimidated. So I would head the other way. Mm-hmm. I didn't know I was intimidated. I just knew I was like, Ugh, I don't like that one, you know, but really I lo- did some digging and it's, it's that, well, that one's never going to like me. So I'll reject you before you reject me. Mm-hmm. And so uh, you've taken this work to now focus on working with men mm-hmm. uh, to help them attract their life partner. And I know most of your clients are, I mean, your, your audience is single men, probably mm-hmm. in their forties or fifties that they've, that they've tried pretty much everything. You know, I, I saw your video, which was uh, quite sad, but also really true. <laughs> like, you're like, you know, if you're the guy who, you know, if you're the guy who's just sitting there on a weekend on your couch and mm-hmm. tired of, you know, being the single guy and all the weddings and everything like, uh, this, this is the work for you. So my question is, how did you decide to, to focus on, on men on single men to attract their life partner and then well I guess my, my next question is really what this interview is about is what do you see are and for all the women listening I think this is this is very important we're slowly going to go into that for what women need to know what do you see are some of the biggest um, obstacles in in you know in the lives of, of men you you're working with that that prevent them from attracting that life partner mm. Well, <clears throat> the process of choosing to focus on single men was long and arduous. Um, as you can, you may have a sense of by the time, but by this point, since I was sort of talking about the work, um, it's, it can be quite general. <laughs> mm-hmm. It can be very difficult to uh, attribute a, uh, a specific outcome or, right. um, or you know, solve a, a specific problem because really you're just kind of getting you know, better overall. You, you can do and everything, then, right? You can get any results for anyone. Anything. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that doesn't, but that doesn't work, right? You were talking about Sam earlier. Sam's got a great statement that I really like, which is really important for any female uh, entrepreneurs out there, which is the, the fastest way to mediocrity is to be a generalist. Mm-hmm. So if you want to, you know, go anywhere in your business, then you need to specialize. You have to specialize, solve one problem for one person. And I had a really hard time narrowing that down. Um, and so finally, I narrowed it down to I wanted to work with relationships. Um, I'm more interested in the beginning stages of relationships than sort of longer term. So I liked, you know, singles and dating and attraction, uh, intimacy. I liked all those things. And so I sort of followed my, my authentic interests and took my time. Um, and then I came down to uh, attracting a life partner. And then you know, it just wasn't quite narrow enough. And I, I wanted to work with either men or women. And honestly, there's just, uh, from what I've seen, just a lot of resources out there for women now that are exclusively for women and just very few that are exclusively for men. Really? Um, so I, I, so sorry to interrupt. I thought no, this was really interesting because my, you know, when I was interviewing men, I, I didn't know this whole um, industry or niche existed, but I thought, you know, and that's why I kind of, I guess, mm, kind of pushed myself into this work is that there's a lot of resources for men because, you know, men are the ones who are actively looking for, okay, once they hit puberty, how can I talk to a girl? How do I get a girl? What women want, you know? So it's a whole industry. Maybe they're not as vocal about it, but then I Uh thought, oh, there's not enough for women. Maybe that's changed in the last two years. I don't know, but that's really interesting that you mentioned that. 
Well, I think what you're, what you mean is maybe um, actual sort of help with dating, like how to meet women, mm-hmm. which is not what I'm, so, oh, so the men like that I'm personal working, growth. Exactly. Yes. Okay. Exactly. So, so, I mean, they're still single and they're still looking, but there's nothing, like there's no pickup artist stuff in what mm-hmm. I do. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm not even like an expert on that. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know how to, you know, take someone from, uh, take a woman from a bar and, and get laid. But that's, but that's also, that's not what they're seeking. Right. Right. So they're, they're, they're yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're, li- they're seeking a life partner. And so the, the issue is not picking up a woman. It's like, how do I get a life partner? <laughs> right. Right. Okay. And the pickup artist stuff is probably, you're right. It's probably the only stuff that I really saw any significant, um, any really significant help with, with men on. And, and unfortunately the pickup artist stuff, um, is not, uh, it, it doesn't solve the problem. Yeah. Well, it's a quick, it's a quick, thick fix. It's a quick although, fix. Although, exactly. although there, there are some guys out there who are really teaching some, they're, they're, they're teaching the fundamentals, which is inner work. Nice. You know, mm-hmm. I, I love how you say in one of your Facebook lives is like, you can teach the men, the, the phrases or the words that they can use to pick up women. But ultimately, if those words don't come as from your true core, as being authentic and, and, you know, confident, then that's not going to work. Obviously. Exactly. So, it's not going to, you're not going to be sense. attracted mm-hmm. because people, again, people sort of look at it and they, they, they see the symptom, right? The symptom is I, I, you know, a guy comes to me and says, I don't know how to talk to women. Can you teach me that? Or that, that's, that's their problem, right? Well, the problem isn't talking to women, right? You can form words. You're on the phone with me. I'm a woman. <laughs> so what you mean, right? And, and I never, of course, say this to them, but I, I draw it out via questions. What you mean is you're, you're scared to go up because when you get there, you don't know what to say. So the problem in that scenario isn't lack of knowledge. It's fear. Mm-hmm. So if you're afraid, I could give you all the, I could give you all the, the best lines. I can give you a hundred of them, a whole page. And you can memorize them and you can use them on women. But if you're too scared to walk up to her, what good is that going to do? Mm-hmm. So you see how it's treating the symptom instead of the cause. And I'm just, I much rather go to the cause because that's also now all, all of a sudden your fear is gone. <laughs> it's like, hold on, life is now shifting quite a bit. Now I can go up to all the women. You know, it's, it's, it's a bigger shift, bigger transformation. So you are basically called to work with men. That's what you mm-hmm. decided and single men. And then the problem that you were or the solution that you're providing is, you know, you're helping them to attract a life partner. Um, and so once you nailed it down, obviously, you know, through training and through your business uh, strategies, then you, you started getting clients and, you know, um, and doing these coaching packages and everything. And so, so you mentioned fear. Um, is that one of the biggest issues that you see when working with men? I would say it's one of the biggest, Yes. Um, the most common situations that we get are people who are perpetually single. Okay. They, they don't know why, mm-hmm. um, people who attract, uh, like repeatedly attract the same relationship and doesn't, I don't know why. And people who have low self-confidence with women, which honestly, that's kind of more of a, a reason for each of the first two. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically we're answering the, these three questions. Why can't I meet anyone? Why does this keep happening to me? And why doesn't anyone want me? Mm-hmm. It tends to be what we, what we see the most. And what, is the, what are the main um, issues, I mean, or the, the fundamental, um, you know, the, the reasons why this happens? Well, um, you know, as far as like, wh- why doesn't anyone want me? Low self-confidence. I mean, that is huge. Self-worth is huge. Um, 
you know, I think it's, it's, it's more appreciated. Uh, I think women's struggle with insecurity is maybe more appreciated publicly than men's uh, struggle with, with um, insecurity, but it is rampant. And I mean, they're exactly as, as insecure as we all are, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, they struggle with the same things. And, um, and so why doesn't anyone want me? The, 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 the problem is in the question itself. It's like, you don't, you don't see your own worth. And if you don't see your own worth, then how on earth are you going to project that to a woman who you find attractive and you, you know, are, are interested in and trying to pursue, you know, uh, even if I, you can see how, again, it has nothing to do with the words. <laughs> it doesn't matter what you say. It matters that you project this, like I have value, you know, are you interested? instead of coming up being like, uh, probably not, you know? <laughs> yeah. And where does it all come from? So I know you work a lot with like childhood uh, limiting beliefs. Is that what you find mostly is the reason for, you know, lack of self-confidence and securities and self-worth? Yeah, not even mostly, like just about exclusively. Oh, wow. Okay. So <laughs> give, about, us, give us some examples so that, you know, all the women listening. I find this is a very helpful and insightful conversation for all women because oh my I gosh, told yes. you before in the beginning, <laughs> Drew, for, Drew, again, I called you <laughs> uh, Domini, um, the, the amount of knowledge and kind of, it just opened my eyes when I talked to so many men. Mm-hmm. I've developed empathy and tolerance towards the masculine journey of yes. what, what does he have to go through in his mind to be at a bar, you know, get up, walk across the room to a girl and like ask her a question. And, you know, for me, and I've been talking to all these men and they're like, all of them, and because men are picking up women in most countries, I mean, in, in, in actually, where was it? In yeah. Sweden, actually, it's the reverse. Most no way. Time, yeah. So, like, women are expected to pick up men. Yeah, it's, it's totally crazy. But, um, That's interesting. And when I, you know, it was really, I was just sitting there astonished but how much I was unaware. And it's not talked about, but with the, the struggles, the insecurities and the yes. stuff that they have to go through just to come up to me. Oh, and yes. then so many women just disregard that or like treat him like shit. Yes. So much um, rejection of that. So I'm curious yes. if you can give us some examples <laughs> of like, where does that come from in childhood? And give us a, a couple of examples or, or, or anything that you want to share for all the women listening. Actually, this is for the women, you know, what would yes. you want to tell women <laughs> who are dating yes. men? Oh, yeah, well, I've got good stories, but also just to piggyback off of what you just said. Yeah, ladies, please be gentle. You have no idea how terrified these men are to approach women. Like mostly, you know, not that some men don't have confidence issues in this area, but like a lot do. So it takes, it takes a huge amount. Even if you do have confidence, it still hurts. Rejection matters. I think, I think if I could one, if I could, uh, impart one thing, I I think that women, we as a group, as, as women today are are not uh, aware of how much power we have. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe that's what's shifting (laughs) and perhaps that's, you know, stuff's coming out for women and women are getting, you know, the voice is being raised, um, which is good. Of course. Um, you know, and, and like, just, just know, like know how much power you have and, and please wield it responsibly because, you know, you being like, ugh, gross. No. I mean, that can break a man that can like the, the, the psychological damage that you can do, you know, it's like walking up to a, a, you know, I mean, I said a child, I don't mean to compare men to children, but like someone who's vulnerable, you know, or being in a therapy session and your therapist, I don't know, hitting on you. 
or doing something that violates that space. You don't, you don't have to have a drink with them or, or go out with them. Just say, you know, a polite, no, thank you. Or say, you know, thank you. I'd love to, but I'm whatever. It, it just makes a big difference. And when you, when you, I think when you see the psychological side, you kind of be like, oh, it's so damaging. Please, please, please be careful. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> when I found out about this, you know, it, it was, I remember a moment. So I was, it was a big transformational shift for me of how I was treating men and how I was talking to men. Cause I was one of those girls, you know, you put on makeup, you go to a club, whatever. And there are these guys who come up to you and I was, I would be like, fuck off. Like, what the mm. fuck? You know, look at you, blah, blah, blah. You know? And I remember a moment where, and I just started being so understanding about all, you know, and all the men that were approaching me. I remember there was this guy we were in Barcelona walking with a girlfriend and she was one of those women still. And, um, and there was this guy, he was a bit drunk and, you know, he was just flirting with us, not doing anything, not touching mm-hmm. us, but just trying to pick us up in like a weird kind of sleazy way. <laughs> yeah. and I, you know, I looked at this and it was so interesting because my reactive side that so many women have was gone mm-hmm. by then because I understand that he's trying to um, self self assess himself in front of two women, um, trying to pick us up or gain attention or whatever. And I was just so calm, um, and, and I was just I was just witnessing whatever is going on. And I was like, okay, clearly this is what's going on. And I just politely we just walked away and, and my girlfriend yeah. was like furious, you know, and then kept calling him names, blah, blah. But once you understand this, it's, it's actually easier dating men and understanding this yes. dynamic is just so powerful and transformational. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. <laughs> okay. It's so let's get totally back to the, yeah. Okay, so where, where do you think, yeah. Where, where do you think this is coming from in childhood? So if you, you can give us a couple of examples of why, sure. why are men growing up with these insecurities and, I mean, all of us have them, right? But um, specifically men. Yeah, like really all of us have them. I mean, that's, that's exactly mm-hmm. why. It doesn't matter whether it's men or women in my, uh, in my field. Because by the time you're at that level, it's like, nope. As you said, just human, right? Everything sort of is, is uniting us at that point. Um, but yeah, there's actually a really good example that I have. I have a client um, who was a client of mine. Um, and he, he was probably in his uh, mid-30s. And, uh, you know, reasonably attractive guy. Um, really nice, really sweet, um, like really a a good man type. Um, and he had a really hard time dating. And I mean like an incredibly hard time dating. Like he couldn't even, he'd be on, you know, on, uh, online on sites and he would try and meet people and they would sometimes go out once and then just never call him again. It was just like, it was just a total nothing had happening. And he, that had been going on for about five years at that point. So he starts working with me and we start looking at what's underneath. And he had some serious, uh, severe confidence issues and self-worth issues. And so we started looking at where those stemmed from, went back down to childhood. Um, And what had happened was he'd grown up with a lot of brothers. There was a huge amount of competition in the family. And he was younger, so he would tend to lose. Because at that point, you know, a a few years makes a big difference in, in growth, right? So he wasn't sort of as... Um, as athletically formidable as his, as his brothers. And he's faced a lot of abuse for that and got very, very quiet and really shut down a lot of his, um, his masculinity and his self-confidence. And so then, you know, years later, he, he just had an incredibly terrible opinion of himself. Oh, God, uh, his, um, we were just talking about the voices in the head. He had incredible negative talk. I mean, just, it would just come out, you know, he had this sort of sweet self-deprecating humor type of, you know, style of humor, but, but underneath it was like this real, real self-hatred. And 
so we, what we sort of unearthed what was happening with his brothers. He started making, you know, connecting the dots and he started to shift and he started being like, oh, well, hold on. If that's the only reason I, I think this, <laughs> then it's sort of automatically challenged. I don't have to do much at that point. It's really sort of finding the cause. And, and so he, he started to shift. So we worked together. Uh, I have an eight week course and it, he was about seven and a half weeks through it. Okay. He meets a woman and they date for, I think about three or four months. Um, and then he, uh, I can't remember exactly what happened, but he ended up breaking it off. Uh, 12 hours later, he met someone else. (laughs) They dated for about six months. She, I think ended up moving away. And two weeks later he met someone else. So it was just this total shift from no one will pay attention to me. I'm, I'm terrible. And kind of a secret, like, don't look at me completely shifted around to actually I have something of value and I recognize, and I'm okay with that, that standing in your healthy masculinity, as you said. And then all of a sudden people are noticing him. The women are, you know, are, are responding. It's, it's attractive energy as opposed to repelling energy. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious, once you identify, so, you know, a man comes to you and then you identify an issue, which you said is one, usually, you know, it's all about self-confidence, probably like they're perpetually single, contract anyone, can't keep a relationship or the same relationship pattern all over again and again. And then you identify, you actually go back, I guess there's a series of questions, you go into childhood and you identify that limiting belief or a situation that, that happened that really keeps him, you know, basically self-sabotaging. He's self-sabotaging himself. And mm-hmm. what, what, so I'm curious, what kind of work you do there? Do you, do you have a process of like energetic healing or what is the, um, I guess, the technique that you're using to kind of shift that mentality? Because it's not like, oh, yeah, let's just have a conversation. And well, I, I guess it could be through a conversation. I'm just curious, like, what is the technique that you're using? Yeah. Um, so. The thing is that these, these limiting beliefs that we carry um, are formed in childhood, right? They're, they're based on a tra- sort of a, a, an event that we saw as traumatic. It doesn't necessarily need to be trauma from an adult mind, but from a child's perspective, a traumatic event will happen. And then you'll sort of, what children do is they generalize. So if, um, so let's say there's a, a baby in a, in a cradle, okay? And mom and dad are over the the cradle and they're cooing and everything's wonderful and, and everything's great. And baby can feel that, right? They feel the love coming and they feel safe and everything's fine. So then the phone rings and dad leaves to go get it. And mom's still there doing her thing, cooing the baby, baby's fine. Dad comes back into the room and says, honey, your sister's been in an accident. So mom goes oh, and leaves the room. Okay. Now, if you look at that scenario again, from the baby's perspective, Everything was fine, right? This is all on subconscious level, but that's how baby knows they're safe, right? So you're safe, everything's fine and great. And then suddenly mom's field, her energy goes into fear and she leaves. Now, some children may not notice anything from this at all, but that could be a wounding experience for for a baby because from the baby's perspective, he doesn't know that she's coming back. Mm -hmm. So that could be a, a... this kind of uh, hurt tends to happen at a time when the child thinks life might be threatened. Okay. From its perspective, which if you think about it, it's not really that hard to do. Mm-hmm. So then what they'll do is they'll generalize unconsciously. Okay. So let's say this, this child has that experience. We just, we just mentioned, and he comes up from that with women aren't to be trusted. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or people will leave me or I'm not lovable, but it's some sort of like really, um, fundamental, like overarching, you know what I mean? Uh, statement 
about the world, about all women. It's like you've had one experience of your mother, right? <laughs> but but they sort of generalize it out. And so then they that gets shifted to the to the subconscious and then they keep it. Okay, but it's based on um on uh on false information because all women that's not a true statement that all women can't be trusted. Mm-hmm. Some women certainly, you know, it would be a mistake to trust trust, right? But that's not a true statement about all women. So so when you have that, so then you grow up and and you 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 sort of take it for granted. It becomes an assumption. Okay, that's why they're beliefs as opposed to thoughts. They're very, very deep, right? They really shape who you are and your world. And a lot of them we don't even recognize as beliefs. We just think that's just the way things are. So when they so then they grow up and with this underlying belief of women can't be trusted, and then they can't figure out why every relationship women cheat mm. on them. Because they're literally attracting untrustworthy women or women who will prove them right about this belief they don't even know they carry. Mm-hmm. So once we work our way backwards, so now they're working with me, they've, they, they don't know what the problem is. They just know that women cheat on them. But of course, not all women cheat, right? So it's something about what's going on with you, or hopefully they're able to recognize that. And then we work our way back and we find that belief of women can't be trusted. Well, that's most of the work, actually, because... Mm. it's not a true statement. It's never a true statement because it was, it was formed on false pretenses. Um, so when the adult mind looks at it and goes, Hmm, can women can't be trusted. And you you go through the emotions of feeling that there'll be an emotion there. Um, and then you'll sort of go, well, that doesn't sound quite right because to an unreasonable adult, that's not a true statement. So, so they can hear the fallacy in it themselves. And, and then they tend to let go of it. People will just let go of it because you can see how it's holding you back and you can see that it's not true. So I think it kind of loses its hold. Mm, interesting. Okay. And I guess this could be applied to, you know, I do this in, in my work as well. When we, you know, when I work with women, we go back into, you know, look at look at what relationship patterns you've adopted as, yes. as a little girl. Uh, usually know, powerful. Like, I'm so glad to hear you do that. It's great. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's like looking at the relationship patterns. I mean, the first relationship you see is mom and dad. How does mom yes. treat dad? How does dad treat mom? What is love? What is res- mutual respect? And, you know, especially like if there's violence in the family or whatever, mm-hmm. and then we grow up and we kind of carry these patterns. And it's, it's really, I, I mean, I did this work on myself, you know, relationships, money, like there's so much. Yes. There's always like, so much. On everything it's great <laughs> and then and, and then you're right just the 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 awareness of like wow i've been carrying this all my life and this yeah. is this was the issue and so awesome um so Dominique, i have one more question for you before we go into the tools and resources section um you're very curious about what you have to share with us um so you mentioned this concept of healthy masculinity and and you know how do men stand in their power actually i have one more question after that but um if you can tell us a little bit more about, okay, what is, what, what is then healthy masculinity? Because you work with so many men and you talk to them. What is how healthy masculinity and how do men stand in their true power? Well, healthy masculinity is the practice of authentically allowing you to be here with what's now, um, but not be taken over by it. So to be comfortable, it's like, yes, I am a powerful man. I am comfortable owning and embracing and using all that power without overdoing it into aggression or, um, or over assertiveness, right? Mm-hmm. So, so owning your gifts and, and, and standing, that's why I really like that sort of image of standing in your power, 
um, without defending yourself, without defense. Um, so we tend to we tend to exaggerate our our what will, our natural gifts um, into defenses, which you've probably um, heard me say before if you've listened to the to the podcast or excuse me the radio show. Um, so so there's a there's an act of like of standing in that place. Um, let's say being assertive, right? If you're naturally an assertive person um, and you distort that, that will distort to aggression. That's like more assert like more assertiveness than you need, right? Is aggression. So if you can stand, so, so you could do two things. You, if you're a naturally assertive person, you could overdo it into aggressive, um, into aggression, and that could cause problems. Or you could underdo it because you're afraid of being aggressive and not even stand in your assertiveness. So it's, a, so it's, it's standing right in between those two places. You're not distorting. There's no, you know, it's like, it's like not owning your power because you're afraid you'll, you'll misuse it. It's like, well, no, own that because that's authentically who you are. And if assertive is what you naturally are, then that's great. But you don't need to be aggressive. You know, you, you see what I mean? You know what I mean? That's sort of like standing calmly present um, without needing to defend. Yeah, it's like this, um, you know, David Data uh, has this concept of, and I really love it. Uh, and as a woman, I so understand and I appreciate a man who can do that. It's like oh, when, God, yeah. what, 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 what he says is like when you are um, in between of a woman's storm. And I, I think all women can relate to that. And a man who can just stand there, what you said, be here now without being overwhelmed by it, who can just stand there and hold that space. Mm-hmm. And. I love how he says that a woman or, you know, a feminine essence woman would challenge him a lot. And that's what we do. It's like subconsciously or maybe deep down, um, you know, what we're complaining about or screaming about or whatever is not actually what it's basically we want more love and attention. Yes. <laughs> it's like, yes, just that's what it always comes down to. <laughs> yeah. Stand in your power. And, you know, when you see a man doing that, it's, it's just incredibly sexy. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. When he doesn't become aggressive or as you said, on the other hand, he becomes this like small being and you can see his shoulders protract and yes. his, like his chin goes down. And yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> and I think that's, that's happening. I think I'm, I'm seeing, um, I haven't you know, written this research paper or looked at, you know, numbers mm-hmm. globally, but in, in my experience, I'm seeing a lot of men, conscious men, um, who want to be, who, who want to em- embrace, this, you know, feminine empowerment, rejecting their own masculinity because either they don't feel it's appropriate or women are, are outwardly sort of attacking for that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So remember women, <laughs> that's not what you want. You don't want a man without his, his power. If we, if we go into, okay, what most women want, like the ideal is a man who stands in his power because a man who does not um, will be difficult for you to respect longer term. And that's essential if you want to have, you know, a, a real connection. So you want them to own that power and you've got to give them space for that. Mm-hmm. You know, I think women, because we, we sort of um, process a little bit faster usually um, in our brain. And so we're sort of already to the end of the argument before, <laughs> before they're kind of catching up and we can really steamroll. And that, that disempowers, that cuts them off at the knees. Mm. You know, it's a very interesting, that's what I wanted to ask you as well, is because you work with men, I feel like it's such an important and, and very confusing time. And, you know, I talk about mm. when I'm a guest on other podcasts, it's a confusing time for men and women, but especially for men, because a lot of men, it almost feels like, and I get a little bit angry about this. It's like, if you're a white dude in America, you can't even say anything. You yes. know, it's like... 
men <laughs> don't even have a voice now or yeah. whatever. And I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, and it's like these men who go to work are at meetings and especially in dating now, you know, I keep hearing all these stories about how, oh my God, this was rape if she said no, but she didn't say yeah. And, and mm-hmm. all of them are like, holy fuck, like what a world <laughs> I do now with all these women at work, <laughs> dating at home, you know? It's well, like, being, I think they're scared. Themselves. Yeah, so I mean, they're terrified. They're terrified to be alone with a woman yeah. because if you're alone with me, I mean, I don't, I'm amazed anybody will even, you know, go, go out on a date anymore. Like right now, I'd, I would be terrified if I were a man because you just can't, it doesn't matter if it's true or not. It's, 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 you know, it, it's powerful. Like it can ruin someone. Yeah. And, and, and I've always, I've, I've, I've sort of heard stories like that and where it, it felt, and this is important for me, it felt disingenuous. And a lot of this, of course, is extremely uh, real. Um, the, the Me Too movement and everything, and, and it's, it's, it's happening and it's, it's good that it's being addressed. Um, and as you're saying, as you're noticing, there's like this kind of backlash that's happening with it. That's like, okay, that seems a little extreme. Um, I, I was on the phone with a friend and she was telling me some stories and I was just listening and something didn't quite sound right. And it was about, you know, a woman posting on Facebook about some trauma that she just happened with. And I was like, that seems like an odd thing to do after a trauma. Um, and she, and she, and I said, Oh, so, so did she say, you know, this woman express no to this guy that you, you know, have sort of discredited and, and I got called a misogynist. I mean, I was really just curious, but it was sort of like, it's like all of a sudden I don't support women because mm-hmm. you know, women, okay, like, like fine, let's, let's go straight into the polarity, right? All right, so, so gentlemen aren't always on the same page as us, right, ladies? So, so it, you need to be clear. You know, you can't, you can't expect, expect them to be mind readers, especially when something's going on you don't want to have happen. Just, you know, you need to be clear. If you are then clear and he continues, that's, you know, that's... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Done, done game. <laughs> oh man. That's, but just not I mean, being clear. Yeah. It's, it's a difficult discussion and, and you know, I'm, I'm yeah. glad you're out there doing this work with men and perhaps helping them navigate this because it, it's really a tough time for men. And you know, when I go on podcasts, I'm like, men, don't worry. Like you have <laughs> a voice and, and I know there's so many good men out there that are now questioning whether, yeah. you know, are they on the right path? And this is good. Like we're all awakening to everything, mm-hmm. but I just feel like, you know, we just need to give them a bit of space and support and understand what is happening. And while I still want to be a girl in this whole space, you know, mm-hmm. I don't yeah. want men to like <laughs> stand on the side and watch us all take all of the powerful positions and like turn this whole thing into, oh God, I don't know what. Anyways, um, so last I, just, I just don't want it to come, come, come back and have them feel guilty for being what they kind of naturally are. And I, re- I really appreciate you discussing this with me so openly because I, I have gotten a lot of flack from this. Yeah. You, um, I mentioned, you, you, you mentioned that a lot of women are kind of looking at you and being like, what the fuck? Why are you, why are you working with work? men? Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, with this clearly tone, like, like I'm a traitor or like I should be working yeah, yeah. with women. And yeah, like, this is stuff for everywhere. This is, this is yeah. what I want to do. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, I want to thank you for this work and let's, let's finish up this segment before tools and resources with, so for all the women listening, Drew, because Drew, my God, I'm just going to call you Drew and that's it. It's fine. Um, <laughs> you know, I attract certain types of women who are more in line with my message and all of not, not necessarily, but still, um, what do you want to tell women through, you know, this, this whole work with men and, and even through your strategy sessions with them, um, what would be kind of your, um, call to, a- well, maybe not call to action, but some kind of, um, a message to women listening, especially with everything that's going on today. What, what would you like us to maybe understand, maybe be aware of, maybe be open to, um, in regards to men? 
Well, I think the piece about um, seeing things from their perspective, especially when they're they're approaching or they're finding you attractive, um, you know, being being a little bit gentle or at least not being so reactive. You pulled out that word out earlier, and that's a fantastic word. Um, you know, if you're if you're reacting, then there's something in you that's getting triggered. Like, oh, he finds me attractive. I you know I have to I have to kill him. He'll kill me, or something that's going on deep on this level in your system will cause you to reach out in kind of a nasty way towards a man instead of just saying, you know, a polite, no, thank you. I mean, hold your boundaries, but you know, <laughs> but just <laughs> gently. Right. Um, and then also, yeah, like seeking, seeking their, their perspective and, um, and, and knowing perhaps that you do process a little bit faster often, and maybe they need a little bit more time. Um, leaving men's space, I think is one of the big things, um, that's really missing in the relationships that I see, um, mm-hmm. of really all age groups, women, we like to get in there and fix a lot, right? We'll get in there and be like, okay, like, you know, how do I, you know, we're sort of like fussing and Where's we're going, going? And let's, yeah, we're buzzing on. around. What's, what's happening? What's, what's, what's going on? What's next? <laughs> and they, they tend to be a lot more sort of a little slower and a little, um, uh, deeper, right. In the ground and a little bit more just like, okay, like I'm going to maybe take in some thought. So when I say leaving space, I don't mean like you leaving the house for a period of time. I mean, like, when you're sitting with your with your partner, like really sit back in your body and just like listen, rather than sort of reaching out. I, I see this a lot energetically as women will sort of reach out and try and try and fix or or do something or oh, I get what you're saying. I'm going to cut you off and say what I was going to say. And it's like hold on, mm. you know, if you yeah. want someone that you respect, then you need to respect them first, and then they will be worthy of your respect. <laughs> Yeah. It's really interesting that you mentioned that space. I think physical space is also important, but you oh, know, like, also, you're uh, right. it's also important. Yeah, jo- John Gray, he talks, you know, and it's it's a book that was written 20 years ago, but still it applies how men need their cave time and mm-hmm. uh, the f- effect of the rubber band and everything. And that, that reminds me of a client I was working with, and she was, you know, it was a difficult situation. She was going away um, and like, you know, overseas for the summer. She didn't know there was, uh, she's in a relationship dating this great guy. And she was really in the space of um, being unsure or unclear of like, where's this going? And she wasn't hearing the words that she wanted to hear from him in terms of, we'll be together. I'll come and visit you and Mm -hmm. everything. Like she was not hearing that from him. And so when we talk about this, and this all comes to the femininity work where, you know, I teach women about, you know, embracing your femininity is being okay in the unknown and letting him come to a decision um, and giving him the space, as you mentioned, yes. the time to actually realize, understand and make a decision whether he wants to be with you or not mm-hmm. and go and claim it. Um, mm-hmm. And a lot of these things are, you know, even when he proposes, for example, I know a lot of women push men into a proposal. Oh God, that's a terrible idea. Yeah, which is <laughs> a recipe for a bit of a disaster <laughs> yeah. or a, a resistance. recipe for divorce is what it is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so it's really interesting. This like giving the men the space, and it's it's very hard for us to do. But when we talk to her about this, and she comes to my mind, is you know embracing this state of the unknown. You know whether where is this going? I don't need to know. It's okay. Mm. He'll he'll make his own decision. I'll just live my life. And if he really wants it you know, claiming me as a woman and mm-hmm. then that would happen. But, but it's, it's very difficult. Um, yeah. And if, and if he doesn't, then perhaps that's not the one that you want. Yeah, exactly. Or perhaps you're wanting to get married and it's not 
so that you bind yourself to this person because you're already with that person. I mean, there's some sort of psychological thing, isn't there, about marriage mm-hmm. and I have to be married. It's like, w- why? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You know, if, if it's something you both want to do, great. But if like pushing in, that that makes no sense to me. Yeah, and, and then Dominique, I want to point one more thing to all the women listening, mm. if you would allow me. Something you said earlier in the interview, um, women don't understand their power or how mm-hmm. much power they have over men. And this is something that I've discovered. And um, it's just incredible how, you know, at one, at one moment, of course, this is a complete exaggeration. But when I was like doing my research about men and interviewing them and doing all this work and reading, I was like, holy shit. It's like there's so much that men do in their lives for women and to attract their attention, to provide for mm-hmm. them, to, mm-hmm. to make love to them, to, to be the nurturer, you know, the care, the provider, the protector. Yes. And yes. I was like, oh, my God, there's just so much power in saying in, in a yes from a woman, yes. in a no. Uh, in yes. The, <laughs> yeah, the this, this seduction, the attraction. I mean, we can just with our, you know, energy, just by walking to a room wearing your dress or whatever, it's like you can just, you know, men could just fall to the sides one by one. It's it's amazing. And once a woman understands and embraces that power, it's incredible. You don't even need to do any work. You know, that's why I teach women. You don't need to be a man to get what you want. You need to no. be a woman that is different to a man. And that's how you get what you want in life. Yes, because that's what will be authentic. Yeah, yeah. For you. So. Yeah, that's huge. <laughs> um, that's that's really huge. And it reminded me of another point. And I'm sorry, I just lost my train of thought. So it's it's gone now. But that's fine. That was, I mean, we, can talk, we can talk about it oh, forever, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, well, also, I just, just uh, exactly what you just said is, is spot on. And also the power, just so you know, guys, doesn't have anything to do with whether or not you're wearing makeup. Mm-hmm. or like your hair looks the way you want. Like th- in my experience, they don't notice about 75% of that crap. Um, they're like a woman. Oh my God. You know, she's got, she's got boobs and she's got, <laughs> she's a woman. Like they're just so, it doesn't, yeah. all the stuff that I used to do that I thought attracted men is not what attracts men. I, I didn't have to do any of it. Mm-hmm. Just- mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> all righty. Well, let's get into the tools and resources section. It's time for tools and resources on Girl Skill. So this is a fascinating conversation. We can talk about this forever, Drew. I know, I love this. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're kind of on the same page, although we have our differences in our it's work. Great. But that's it's approaches. Approaches. It's right. good. Uh, all right. So you told me in the beginning that you don't have many apps that you're using, which is fine. So let's get straight into um, perhaps some of the people you follow online for inspiration or maybe in your work. Sure. Um, I've trained uh, with Sam Ovens, uh, as you know, and also with a woman named Cheryl Childers, um, who is a, she describes herself as a corporate shaman. Uh, and she moved to my town. Um, and I ran into her randomly at a networking group and was just like, she used to work with Apple. She was the networking director at, at, at Apple. And now she helps people grow you know, their businesses. And mine really hadn't gone anywhere yet a few years ago. And so I, I hired her on and she was just a huge inspiration really about like my growth um, coming into the business. Launching this business was a, it was a huge amount of personal growth for me. Um, I had to go very, very deeply uh, into myself again um, in this new area. And I think that's really what's, what's given me those results. So I would say probably Sam and Cheryl will be my, um, my number one uh, mentors, inspirations at the moment. Awesome. And we'll be linking to all the resources and descriptions to what Domini is giving us today. So no need to take notes. So I know, uh, Domini, you've prepared some books for us that you want to share. 
Yes. Um, I love that question. Very favorite books. I was like, Ooh, I had to choose. It was very difficult. Um, I picked out three that I really like. Um, one is called towards the psychology of awakening, uh, Buddhism, psychotherapy, and the path of personal and spiritual transformation. It's by a a man named John Wellwood, uh, which is W E L W O O D. And it's really, it was actually part of my, my master's program, which I'm sorry, I left out of my, my <laughs> educational journey to get here, but I did do a master's program in the UK um, in transpersonal psychology, which is the psychology of the spiritual experience. So it's an academic look at um, the authenticity of, of spiritual experiences. It's very fascinating. Um, and this was one of the books that they recommended for me, this John Wellwood book. And uh, I found it quite remarkable. And now that I think about it, there's actually one he has on relationships. I think it's called Perfect Love, Imperfect Relationships. Um, and it was, uh, he's, he's very much just got that approach of like, here's, here's what to do. Here's sort of more sort of compassionate look at yourself mm-hmm. on kind of that level. And uh, the second one I have is called The Men on My Couch, True Stories of Sex, Love, and Psychotherapy. Um, it's a, by a woman, a, uh, I think psychologist she was, um, Dr. Brandy Engler. And it's a great story. It's this therapist and she was, uh, decided to go into sex therapy for men, I think in New York and just her story and what these guys would go through and what their journeys were and what the problem ended up being and how they resolved it. And I tell you, I could listen to that shit all day long. I really could. It's like, I just find it fascinating. I'm like, what, what was the problem? Like, what's, what did it end up being? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So yeah. Like- J- just to interrupt you. Do you know about, um, gosh, what's her name? Esther Perel? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she has this series, a podcast series about where should we begin, where she just talks to couples about their like sexual oh. problems. And psych- it, it is a psychotherapy and she deconstructs um, the relationships and all. It's fascinating. I, lo- I love her work. Wow. Just thought I'd throw it in there. Yep, that, one, <laughs> that one's going on the list. Yeah. <laughs> Thank all you. Right. I appreciate that. I'll check that any, one out. Any other book? You have one more? Yeah, a little cute one called How to Be Happy, Damn It. A a cynic's guide to spiritual happiness. (laughs) And it's a really cute little, you know, it's one of those things you either keep in the bathroom or you just Mm. pick up when you're not feeling well or something. And it's just very down to earth. And I think it swears a lot. And obviously, (laughs) and, uh, and it's great. It's just a simple, here's a little tip I just need to feel better in the moment. Awesome. Love it. Uh, so Drew, this Drew, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so this was a fascinating conversation. Thank you so much for all the work that you're doing with the men, all the, the message that you put in the world. And for all the women listening um, who want to know more and kind of follow you online, where, where can they find more about you and your work? And of course, ladies, if you have any men who, um, although, you know, when, when women ask me, oh, how do I get my guy to be like more personal growth i'm like oh if it's yeah. coming from you then, <laughs> you're uh, like honey if you're sitting here asking me that question the problem is you are focusing on the wrong problem <laughs> yeah exactly so yeah. but 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 anyways you know some men <laughs> listen to their um maybe girlfriends or whatever uh, then then where, where can they find you yeah the best place to send potential clients is dominidrew.com forward slash hello Mm-hmm. Um, that is, uh, that leads to a landing page and a little video about me and, and what I do and how I work. And it really gives people a good idea of whether or not they might be interested in this type of work. Um, and then beyond that, you know, the best place is really on Facebook at Domini Drew Coaching. And, uh, I, you know, I post regular things in there and I teach in there and I post the, um, the, 
uh, Facebook Lives. Um, so the, ra- the radio show I do um, Wednesdays, every Wednesday at five o'clock Eastern time. And uh, that, that pretty much goes up every week. And so there's a lot of teaching in there. And I'm also, all the past episodes are also on YouTube. So you're welcome to just search Dominique Drew on YouTube and, and you can see the past episodes and, and get, some, get some free help too. Cool. So we'll link to all of this in the show notes. So listeners, don't worry. Everything's going to be there. So Dominique, thanks so much. You have a beautiful day and we'll chat soon. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Alrighty, girlfriends. I hope you enjoyed this episode and learned a little bit more about men. For me, the key to my relationship with my husband and meeting him and, you know, realizing who I am as a woman and femininity lies lie through understanding men. And so this is this is the key. <laughs> and especially if you want to track the relationship that you want, understanding and reading about their journey and really drilling down into who are they and um, developing a sense of empathy for the masculine journey and healthy masculinity is absolutely important, especially today. So if you find this episode insightful, please share it with a girlfriend and send her to girlskill.com slash 73. This is where you also find all the resources that Domini mentioned um, and all the links. Uh, and, you know, if you have a girlfriend who is struggling with men and relationships we, we all we all have that one girlfriend <laughs> this episode i feel like this episode is for for, for every woman out there so girlskill.com slash 73 go there share this episode with a girlfriend and speaking of men and relationships uh, don't forget to sign up for the live female success um webinar where I talk a lot about that subject specifically. I talk about what is healthy femininity, what is healthy masculinity, what is polarity, how can we can all develop um, these qualities more and more and uh, w- w- the loss of masculinity actually something that we uh, touch upon in Dominic's interview. So girlskill.com slash webinar is where you sign up for the training and I uh, hope you enjoy it and I'll see you next week on another awesome episode. Thank you for tuning in to Girl Skill. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcatcher to never miss an episode. And never forget that your version of success is uniquely yours to live and experience. Until next time, let's continue redefining female success together. Girlskill.com. Female success redefined.